0: What's up City Hope Church? How's everybody doing? Great to see you guys here today. Welcome to all of our campuses, everybody that's watching online, all the guys at the correctional centers. It's great to have you guys with us. Um, And then today something special is happening. For those of you that may not be aware, we are launching Midtown next weekend, but right now, Our Midtown launch team is actually there at Dumas Wesley. They're doing a soft launch. They're setting up, kind of getting ready, making sure they know how everything works. So they are actually live with us right now, the launch team. So you guys help me out. Let's welcome the Midtown launch team with us today. It's exciting. Next weekend, we'll launch our sixth campus, and uh, I cannot wait. I'm excited. Um, and I'll just ask you again the best way for us to get the word out. Uh, we've done social media, we've done all the other things, but the best way is for you guys. To help us spread the word, mouth to mouth, send a text, just you know, call somebody, whatever it is, just literally reach out to someone and invite them. If they live anywhere near Midtown, invite them to be there next weekend for the launch. Uh, We're launching with a ten o'clock service and and an eleven thirty service. So, uh, so help us get the word out. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Well, listen, today we're going to do something a little bit different uh, because we're not in a series. Uh, So we're going to do just kind of in between two series. Um, I've got a weekend that I just feel like something is burning inside me that I want to talk about. Um, You know, we've had an amazing year so far. Um, So much of what we do is about you becoming fully alive, about us as a people of God becoming fully alive and stepping into everything God's got for us. And so far this year, it's been an awesome journey of that through spiritual formation. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about um, the negative emotions that rule us and try to literally drag us back to death. We've talked about all those things with the hope of us being fully alive. And next weekend, we're going to kick off a new series uh, that I'm I'm excited about called The Son of Man. And we're going to Literally walk through the book of Luke. Uh, it'll take us all the way through Easter and into May, um, and I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. But just here in this weekend, I thought, let's, man. I need to just have a family talk um, because there's something else about this whole fully alive thing, this whole fully alive um, part of what what I so desperately want for you as individuals and for your family um, that I can't miss. I can't move past, um, and I've got a weekend, and it's burning in me. So it just. I'm going to give it to you. You all right with that? So I just drop it? And I hope that you pick up what I'm going to lay down. All right. Um, that's what I'm hoping at least, because here's the deal. I want you to experience fully alive. And a big part of fully alive is you experiencing the blessings of God, the blessings of God. Here's what I know. I know that every single one of us that are listening to me right now at every single campus, we want to experience the blessings of God. We want the favor of God poured out on us, our finances, our home life, our work, our relationships, our community, every single thing that we do, don't we want that? Don't we want the blessings of God to be poured out onto us? And so I thought, let's just take a week and let's talk about what that looks like and where that comes from. Let's talk about what, what it means to be blessed by God so that ultimately we can be a blessing for God. So that we can take all that God wants to do in and through us and we can bless the people around us. There's two major components when it comes to blessing. When it comes to experiencing the blessings of God, there's two, we could say it this way, there's two sides of the same coin. Okay, one side is stewardship. All right, one side of this coin is stewardship. And last year we spent a lot of time talking about stewardship, specifically in the area of finances. Okay, if, if you're new to, to City Hope and you, and you may not know, last year as a church, we went through nine weeks of Financial Peace University as a church. Um, and you, don't shout me down, don't get excited, it's okay. Um, but as a church, listen, here's what's really cool 3,400 of us completed Financial Peace University. 3,400 people completed Financial There it is. I knew I'd get you eventually. And out of all of those people, 500 households reported. So out of all those people, we heard back from 500 people that as a church, as households, homes, we retired $2.1 million worth of debt in nine weeks. Only 500 households. 500 households out of that. Because stewardship is a major part of understanding the blessings of God. Because if God can't pour out his blessings on you and you can't manage them well, then why would he continue pouring out his blessings on you? Right? So we have to learn how to do that. We've got to learn a budget. We've got to learn um, how to save and how to get out of debt. And, and if you miss financial peace, or maybe you didn't finish financial peace you're one of the four or 500 that didn't finish, uh, no shame. We get it. It's, it's all cool. But this summer we're going to do another class. So just a couple months away, there's going to be another class at every campus. Um, so you can actually go ahead and get information now on the website, uh, just cityhope.cc slash, FPU to go ahead and get get connected to that because it's a big deal. You cannot experience the blessings of God without stewardship. We spent a lot of time on that last year, but what I wanna talk about today is the other side of that coin, and that's generosity. Generosity. And I know, did you notice how quiet it got when I started talking about money? Did you notice that? Did you feel it? I felt it, right? There's a cold chill that comes over the room, right? And all just everybody's staring at me right now. But here's the thing about generosity and stewardship. They're not money issues. They're all of life issues. Okay. Stewardship and generosity affect everything that we are. That's why we say that generosity is active because it's not just a dollar. It's not just a money thing. It's all of life thing. However, we get hung up on the money part. So whenever I say a word like stewardship or a word like generosity, everyone's mind immediately goes to money, right? Because that's what our heart does. We just go immediately to money. And as a matter of fact, Jesus knew this was the case. And that's the reason why through the Bible, not only in the New Testament and in the Gospels, Jesus speaks about money more than anything else. 16 of his 38 parables were about money. Okay, he speaks about money a lot. And then all through the Bible. We talk about money. It's the number one subject throughout the entire Bible. It's a huge deal. Why? Why? Because God wants your money. God doesn't need your money, right? God just knows that money's got you, right? And ultimately what he wants is you. And he knows that wherever your money is, is where your heart is. So what Jesus wants is a whole lot more than your money. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants all of you. He just happens to know, and he says it very clearly in Matthew 6. Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, follow the money trail. Follow the money trail because wherever it leads is where your heart is. And Jesus says, I'm not okay with that. Unless your heart is with me, I'm not okay with that. He wants all of you. He wants every single part of you. Now, Whenever I say something like God wants to bless us, most of us probably get a little bit excited, right? We want God's blessings. We want to experience that. And here's what I want you to hear me say today. Very clearly, if you catch nothing else, honestly, I think this right here is one of the biggest things that I want you to hear me say. God wants to bless you. Think about that. God wants to bless you. The blessings of God were God's idea. Is that revolutionary to anybody else, right? It wasn't created by a preacher, right? The blessings of God wasn't something that was in a doctrine that some theologian came up with thousands of years ago. It was literally God's idea to pour out his blessings on his children from the beginning of time, the beginning of Genesis, all the way through the Bible. I mean, Jesus, the apostles, everyone saying, listen, God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out his blessings on you. And there's two reasons that he does that. One is because he loves you. One reason why God wants to bless you is simply because he loves you. The same reason why, parents, we bless our kids. We want our kids to have the best. Right? We want to make sure that we can do whatever we can do to provide for them. And, and depending on how you grew up, maybe it's attached to that, right? And you're like, I do not want my kids to deal with the things that I dealt with. I don't want them to have to overcome the things that I overcame. I'm going to do whatever I can do to set them up. I want to bless my kids. Number one reason why God wants to bless you and it's his idea is simply because he loves you. And maybe you need to hear that today. God loves you and he wants to bless you. The second reason God wants to bless you, and this is so important, This is such a big deal. The second reason why God wants to bless you is so that you can bless other people. That is the biggest thing that most Christians miss, right? The prosperity doctrine says that God wants to bless me and bless me and bless me and bless me but that's not God's heart. God's heart is that the blessings of God actually flow through us and impact the world around us. The people, the neighbors, the, 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 the ministries around the world, the thing we just saw, Media Light Chuck Quinley in, in Asia, like God wants to flow through us to impact the world. As a matter of fact, the way that the kingdom of God gets advanced <clears throat> is through the generosity of his people. That's how it all happens. Listen, the gospel of God. The gospel of Jesus will not advance. It will not progress without the people of God. There's no other organization, there's no other people, there's no one else in the world that's going to expand the gospel of Jesus Christ other than his people. Right? Think about all the need that's in the world right now. Right? I mean there there are still hundreds of languages that don't have bibles printed or translated. Hundreds of languages. There are missionaries that need to be sent. There are churches that need to be planted right here in our community and around the world. There are so many things gospel-oriented that need to happen. And the only way it happens right, is through the generosity of his people. But there's all this need in the world. And then on the other side, there's God who has all the supply we could possibly dream up right? Because the Bible literally says in Psalm 24 that he owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, it's all his. Psalm 50 says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, which is really, really, really beautiful and poetic way of saying he owns it all. It's all his, right? So here's God with all the supply that we could possibly Dream or think or imagine he literally owns everything, and then there's all this need, and guess who's in the middle between the supply and the need? We are. I'll answer for you. No one answered. right We are the people of God. It's the way things move is God supplies through us to actually meet the need so that the gospel, the kingdom can be expanded around the world. It does not happen without us, the people of God, moving and doing something for him, letting it flow through us, okay? In other words, I'll say it this way, that we are rivers, not reservoirs. As the people of God, we are called, we are created to be rivers, not reservoirs. The moment we become a reservoir, the blessings of God stop. They get stopped up. Whenever you become a reservoir and it's not flowing through you and it's not doing what God intended it to do, then it will immediately stop because that's not the way God created it. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9, a a very famous scripture. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop, right? And we've heard that one preached before. That's a good one. That one just, man, if I plant a little bit, God's going to give me more. Come on. G-wagons and Teslas and Lamborghinis, come on, Jesus, right? Right, if I just plan a little bit, then God's just gonna keep on blessing me, right? Nothing wrong with Teslas, help a brother out, I, I get it, okay? If you got one, let me drive it, okay. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. This is why we always say when it's time to give or whenever there's a, a, an, an initiative, Uh, Listen, Holy Spirit, you talk to the Holy Spirit, let God lead you and prompt you because we're not going to pressure you to do that. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That's why God wants you to give with a smile on your face and a smile in your heart that this is a part of what you want to do. You understand this flow and you're a part of God's kingdom. And then he says this, and God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That God will bless you. He will pour out His favor on you so that not only do you have what you need, but so that you can bless others, so that it can flow through you. I'll say it this way We don't give to get, we get to give. We don't give to get. It's not just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little bit so that I can get more because that will stop the blessings of God. That's not how God works. It's not about, it, nothing wrong with you having nice things. That's not what I'm saying at all. The point is not you having nice things. The point is, do the blessings flow through you and impact someone else? Do they impact the person that you ran into at a gas station this week that couldn't afford to put gas in their car? Right? That you could have allowed those blessings to flow through you and you could have impacted someone else? Right? Or did you set, take the blessings that God's put on your life and you keep them to yourself? It's not just giving to the church. Don't hear me say that. It's not just giving to the church. It's giving in your personal life. It's giving as generosity as a lifestyle. It's generosity wherever you are and whoever you come in contact with at work, wherever. It's just living a generous life that as God pours out his blessings on you, they flow through you and they impact the world. This is why I say that stewardship and generosity are two sides of the same coin. Because if you don't know how to manage the blessings of God, they're going to stop up, right? And if God is just pouring out the blessings on you nonstop, right? And you don't don't understand how all this stuff works and you just hoard it and you keep it and you allow it to just become this reservoir in your life, they're going to stop up, right? You have to have both sides of this thing so that God can trust you with more and so that it can flow through you to impact people around you. Now, as I thought about this subject, I thought about this. I thought, what's the... Because this is, I'm telling you, this is such a big deal to me. I want you to get this. And you know, I know money, again, I'll say it again. Money's one of those things that we kind of, oh no, he's talking about money. Oh no. Right? And we lock up and I don't want you to do that. I want you to hear my heart today. We don't harp on this. It's this not something we talk about all the time because we get that principle. We get that idea that everyone just kind of goes, Ugh. but man, if you would get this, if you would get this and you would understand this, it would change everything about your home. It would change everything about your life if you understood how God's blessings flow. And the number one thing that I wish you would get, and please hear my heart in this, the number one thing that I wish you would get, if I could just say anything, if I could just go, poof, this is the thing right here. If you could just start here, it's understanding the tithe. It's understanding that the first thing, that the first priority of our heart, the first priority of generosity and giving is the tithe is bringing God's tithe back to him. And I know that's kind of a strange statement for some people, but understanding that the first 10% of what God has blessed you with is actually his to return to him, to bring back to him. And that's what he tells us to do all through the Bible. And I'll say it this way, because again, a lot of us have grown up in different walks of life and walks of faith. And we've heard different teachings and different things. And I I wanna keep it really simple, but I really want you to get this because I promise you it will change everything it will absolutely change everything in your home and in your life. And here's what I want you to understand first. I got just two two simple points. The first one is this, is that tithing is life, not law. It's not law, it's life. Those that tithe have experienced that before. People that tithe always say, man, I am blessed. People that don't tithe always say, I can't afford it. But people that do tithe always say, I'm so blessed. God always shows up because tithing is actually life. It's not law. In Leviticus 27, it says this, and all the tithe of the land. Now remember, they were an agricultural community, so this was their income. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It belongs to Him, it's His. We're returning it back to Him. But then it says this, it is holy to the Lord. It's holy. It's sacred. It's special. It's important. It's not a duty. It's not this thing that this obligation that we do. It's an act of worship. It's an act of obedience. It's bringing it back to Him. Ultimately, it is simply that. It is obedience, because obedience equals blessing. If we want to experience the blessings of God, then we've got to be obedient to God. We've got to follow the way of God, or as we've said recently, the way of Jesus. We've got to walk in the life in the way that Jesus is. We've got to walk in that life so that we can experience the blessings. Now, obedience equals blessings, but obe- obedience doesn't equal acceptance. L- hear me, okay? This is not the way God accepts you because God accepts you as you are right now. Grace is free, it is unmerited. It will be poured out on you every day of your life, whether you are obedient or not. But the blessings of God don't work that way. The blessings of God are attached to obedience. And whenever we walk in obedience, we experience the blessings of God. This is so important. But so many people, they get sideways, they get off because they think that tithing, or at least maybe this is an excuse or this is just one of those things that we get in our head. But we think that tithing is actually a part of the law. You know, the Old Testament law. And we say, well, we're not under the law anymore. I've heard so many people say that. We're not under the law anymore, so I don't have to tithe. Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. We're free of that. Okay, and that's interesting. Half of that statement is true. Jesus did come and fulfill the the law, absolutely. Thank goodness we are not still underneath the law. The problem, though, is that the tithe was not part of the law. The tithe actually existed. It was a principle way before the law was ever even thought of at least not by man. It was way before that. You can actually see that the principle of tithing was in effect with Jacob and Abraham all the way back to Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. In Genesis 4, 2,500 years before Moses and the law happened, you see tithing take place. Matter of fact, whenever uh, Cain, I'm sorry, God rejected Cain's offering, the reason he did was because it says, end in time, at some point in time, he brought an offering. And then with Abel, it literally says Abel brought the first of his first flock. It says that he brought a tithe. He brought the very first. Abraham tithe, Jacob tithe, Way before because it was a principle of God's world and the way God's world worked. Much like murder and stealing and adultery and lying are all principles that preceded the law right? Whenever Jesus fulfilled the law, those principles did not go away, right? Murder is still wrong. Lying is still wrong. Stealing is still wrong. Those things did not change because Jesus fulfilled the law. Same thing with tithing. It existed way before the law. It was a principle of the way God's world worked. He said, all of this is mine. I'm blessing you with it. I'm giving it to you. All I'm asking is that you in return, just put me first and literally bring back the 10% that I'm asking for. Right? And then some people will say this, well, it doesn't show up in the New Testament at all. You don't see tithing in the New Testament. And I would say, not only is it in the New Testament, but Jesus himself actually says that we should tithe. Right? Jesus himself, that's a pretty big deal. No? it's a pretty big deal that Jesus says it in Matthew 23. It says this, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees. Hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things, which are justice, mercy, and faith. Don't neglect those things. Don't neglect those important things, but do you tithe? Absolutely. Is it one or the other? No, it's both. It's and. It's both of them. Because tithing connects us back to obedience in God's heart. Faith and mercy and justice is how we impact the world. It's what we do to the world around us. Those are weighty and important things. And actually what's interesting, he's talking to the Pharisees and he's saying, hey, you've gotten it backwards this way. You're all about the letter of the law. You're all about this. This thing has just become a ritual. It's just, there's no life in it whatsoever. It's just the thing that you do. And you've forgotten the other side. You've forgotten justice and mercy and faith. You've left all that stuff out. Jesus says, hey, well, flip it. That's still important, but, but that's more important than tithing. In this day and age, the culture that we live in right now, it's interesting because it's reversed. What's important right now is justice, mercy, and faith. And the new, these generations right now, a lot of us in this room, a lot of people in this room right now, they don't trust God with their finances, but they're all about justice. And they're all about mercy. And they're all about faith. And we're great at those things. But we've forgotten to give God our finances, to trust him with our finances. Even Jesus said to tithe. Why? Because tithing is not law. Tithing is life. The second thing I want you to hear me say is this. Tithing is a test. And I know how much we all love tests in school right? Everybody loves test day, especially when it's a surprise. Okay. But here's the thing. This is not a surprise test. It's not a pop quiz. Okay. From the beginning in the Bible, God lays out that this is a test. As a matter of fact, the word tithe actually means 10 and all through the Bible, 10 represents testing. It's a test all through the Bible. Um, Let me ask you this. How many, how many plagues were were there that Pharaoh was tested with? Ten. I kind of set you up for that one. Good job. Okay. Right. How many commandments were there? Right. How many disciples were there? That was a test that a couple of you got. It. That was good. Good job. I'm just making sure you're on your feet. You didn't fall asleep. Okay. Listen, it's a test. Tithe is a test. Look at what Proverbs 3 says. Here's the test right here. Proverbs 3 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, here's what we do. We get really stoked about this part right here because I'm going to get blessed, right? Everything's going to be overflowing. There's going to be money in the account. Life is going to be good. I mean, it's going to be amazing, but we miss the point of this verse. The point of this verse is the very first word. It's honor the Lord with your possessions. It's honor him. It's all about our heart. It goes all the way back to Matthew 6 when when Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, where your heart is. Because honor is a heart word. This is literally a word that says, this is my response to God is I'm going to obey him in bringing the tithe back to him. It's a response. It's a response to who he is as God. It's an act of obedience that, God, I'm going to bring it back to you. It's a test. It's a test of my heart. And is he priority? Is he number one? Is he the first spot in my heart? Because, listen, it doesn't take any faith to tithe the last 10%. But it takes a lot of faith to tithe the first 10%. To literally say, God, I'm going to give you the first of whatever comes in. I'm going to give you back the first part of that. I'm going to honor you with that. I'm going to give you all of that. And then God, I I believe you're going to bless me so that I can bless other people. But it comes down to that test first. Can I be trusted? Can God trust me with that? Because listen, remember, he gave us everything. Everything that we have right now, it came from him. I mean, I know you earned it and you, you worked hard, but honestly, without God's favor and blessing on you in this world and everything, you wouldn't have anything. And James one tells us this. This is what James one says. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from God. Every single thing that we have is from him. Let me give you just a little bit of a picture. I'm going to have Pastor Dale come help me real quick. Pastor Dale, come up here real quick. Um, you know what? Give Pastor Dale a big hand as he makes his way up here. Just, to... <laughs> I love you, but I really just needed to fill time, so that's good. Um, here's what I need from you, Dale. I'm going to just show you guys how this works, okay? Um, Dale has a really sweet ride. Okay, Dale drives a really smooth Toyota Tundra. Um, big wheels, uh, blacked out windows. It's got spinners. I think uh, like the rim spin. <laughs> Um, big sound system. The back end kind of bounces a little bit when he drives. It's sick. So smooth. But anyway, I've got to put my car in the shop for a couple of weeks. Um, so I need to borrow your truck. Do you mind if I borrow your truck for just a couple of weeks? Um, sure. you mind? Okay. Let me have that. Yeah, there it is right there. Um, so I'm going to take his truck. And I'm a it for a couple of weeks. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to pimp that ride. Um, <laughs> so for a couple of weeks, I'm driving in the sweet ride that is Dale Riles Tundra. Um and so a couple of weeks later um I decide my wife and I Becky we decide we're going to have Dale and Leanne his wife over for dinner one night and God's just really laid something on our heart and I say Dale Leanne um you know God's done a lot of great things for us um and it's been a really great season and uh we love you guys we love you guys so much and your family and for whatever reason we just really feel like God wanted us to bless you with this truck We just I don't know I mean I've never given a car away before Um, I've never felt like God told me to give a car away, but for whatever reason, and it's a sweet ride, bro. It's a sweet ride. Um, But for whatever reason, I just really feel like I'm supposed to donate that just to give that to your personal ministry. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Right? Okay, listen, here's the thing. It was already his truck, right? It was already his And I'm giving it back to him. And this is the way many of us approach tithe. It's the way many of us approach giving in general. Listen, it's all already his. So whenever we bring it back to him, it's not like that. Like, man, I just really felt, no, no, no. It's it's literally, obediently, I'm giving it back to yours. It's already yours. It's yours to begin with because you gave it to me. And this is the test that a tithe is, is will you really return back to me what's mine? Again, it comes all the way back to the heart. It's a priority of the heart. It's a test of the heart. And and is my heart connected to God? And if you follow the money trail, you'll know whether or not your, your heart is truly connected to God. But this is not the only test that tithing is. And this is the part that's amazing. It's amazing because it's not only a test for me, but it's actually a test for God as well. In Malachi 3, this is what God says, and this is so powerful and so important. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, into the house where you're fed, right? Your church, like this is literally the place where you grow, the place where you are fed. Like bring your whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, God says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. There's an amazing promise there, right? Then he says this, and I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, right? That's your, that's your home life. That's your finances. That's your vehicles. That's your work life. Like, Lord, may it be blessed, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Your coworkers will call you blessed. They'll be asking you questions. Man, I know how much your salary is. How in the world are you living like this? How are you so happy? How are you blessed all the time, right? The nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty, right? We love those promises. Again, those promises are amazing, right? But the promise that I love in this, let's go back to that first one, and it's test me in this. This is the only time in the scriptures where God actually says, test me in something and see what I'll do why wouldn't we if god almighty actually says test me and see what i'll do do we not think that god will back that up have you ever said to somebody like just what i don't know in any situation try me just try me just see if i'll do it test me right maybe you bow up to somebody and you're like nah son test me test me right now come on try me son see what's gonna happen Right? You don't say those kind of bold statements like that unless knowing that you can back it up. Right? Are you gonna get in some trouble? Right? You don't say, test me. You don't say, try me unless you know that you can back it up. And God is saying to us, His children, Listen, test me in this, because what I want more than anything is to pour out my blessings on you. But this is the way it works. Be obedient. Like, listen and follow and do what I'm asking you to do so that I can bless you. So that I can pour these things out on your home and on your work and on your finances and on your relationships and on your marriage and on everything that you do. Just test test me in this and see what's going to happen. Try me try me. Like, it's the only place that God says that. It's the only time in the Bible that God says that. And yet I wonder why we don't actually do it. Why we don't actually test them. Listen, I can tell you I've tithed my entire life Okay, grew up in a pastor's home, saw my dad tithe his entire life. Just I saw the blessings of God on our home, on our finances, on our family. I saw it. I've witnessed it. My entire family has seen it and experienced it, and now it's a part of my family. I'm telling you, when you test God in this, you will experience something. I'm not saying you're going to be rich. That's not what this is about. This is not prosperity doctrine. This is so God's favor and blessings will pour on you, so that you will have everything that you need, so that you in turn can bless other people, so that it can flow through you. Because we're not river. I mean, we're not reservoirs. We are rivers. It is going to flow through us to impact other people. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you are thinking, "Man, I fell off that wagon years ago. I I stopped, or something happened, and, and, and I just I backed off. I couldn't afford it." Whatever and I just I stopped, or I slowly began to back up, or I disconnected from church, and that was one of the first things that went. Whatever it is, and today you're like, okay, it's time. I, I have to experience that blessing in our family again. Maybe some of you have never tested and tried today, and you're thinking, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even care what we got to do, but I'm going to test God in this. The first 10%, I'm going to be faithful so that God will bless the other 90%, so that the curse of this world will be off of the other 90%. And we know that when that happens, that 90%, the blessed 90% will take us so much f- further than the unblessed 100%. Right? And I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to try it. I don't know what it means. I don't know what we got to cut back. I don't know. I want to have faith, and I'm going to do it. And then some of us today are thinking, what in the world? How in the world would I ever even start this, right? If if statistics would tell us anything, most of us are living paycheck to paycheck, covered up in debt, right? We're spending 110% of our income every single month. We're just trying to stay afloat. And those of you that are in that situation right now, you're like, what? 10%? Are you kidding me? There's absolutely no way. Here's what I want you to hear because you are the one, those other two groups, man, just come on, let's do it. Get back in the game or step in the game for the first time. But if you're financially looking at a situation where you're like, this doesn't even make sense. Like logically, this does not make sense. Here's what I want you to hear me say. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. In faith that that somewhere is gonna get you to 10%, but start somewhere and let it be the first. But not only start somewhere, but start somewhere now. Now, walk away with a decision, a commitment today that to say, God, I don't know how we get to 10. I have no idea, but I need a miracle. And so right now I'm gonna give you 25 bucks a week. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you 1%. I'm gonna, whatever it is, it's gonna be the first and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna have faith that that 1% is gonna become two, baby. I'm gonna have faith that that 2% is gonna become three and I'm, I'm gonna have a plan. I'm gonna work toward getting to that place, God, so that your blessings can flow through my life so that you can know that my heart is connected to you so that you can know that you've got my priority. You are my priority. You are my number one. And some of you, you need to hear that because you're going to be waiting for 10 years to get to the point financially where you can give God back the first 10%. It'll never happen unless you take a step of faith and you start somewhere and you say, this doesn't make sense. Physically, naturally, checkbook or digital checkbook world, like this doesn't make any sense. So God, I'm stepping out in faith. And the first portion, it's not 10% yet, but by faith, it's going to be 10%. And I'm going to begin working toward that every single paycheck. So that when I get that test, that weekly test or that bi-weekly test, when that, 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 it, that salary gets dropped right into your bank account, right? For me, I have to have, I, I have, to have um, automatic recurring payments set up for giving. Because I'll forget Right, I mean, the way things work now when, when bills are automatically just come out of your account and things are just automatic, like if I don't have a way of just knowing, this has to be the first. God, you have to be number one in my life. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna set it up so the moment a paycheck hits my account, it's also that first portion's going straight back to you, God. There's no, there's no moment that anything else is gonna get sideways or distracted or off kilter. The first is yours, God, I give it to you. I bring it back to you and I lay it at your feet. Because I want to be obedient. I want you to know that you have my heart. I want you to know that you have my everything. And I don't know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. I don't know what God's speaking to you right now. Some of you may be angry. Some of you are like, can we just get on to next week, please? Let's talk about Gospel of Luke. (laughs) Whatever you're feeling. Or maybe right now you're leaning in and God's like, hey, you need to listen. Because you've been struggling. And things aren't clicking. And things aren't working. And maybe this is the missing piece. Maybe this is the thing that's just, you just keep going, I'm moving some money, I'm moving this, I'm changing jobs, I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. And God's like, listen, I got this. Just put me first. I got this. Just put me first. Obey me in this so that I can just pour out the blessings on your life and on your family. Let me pray. Jesus, God, we're so grateful for your word and your truth. Even when sometimes it's hard and even when sometimes, God, it goes against our natural uh, feelings and it rubs us a little bit. But I pray that, God, today your word got through to us. and it got through to our hearts, God, that we will step out in obedience. That we'll commit to obeying you in this, God, bringing you back the first. God, making you number one in our hearts, God, that we'll understand that we are rivers. God, that as you pour out your blessings on us, that it flows through us and it impacts the world. And Lord, I just thank you, God, and wherever we are, wherever every single person is sitting right here, whether they're um, at one end of the spectrum or the other, God, I pray that you'll speak to them and show them their next step. God, that they will sense from you a divine direction of what's next in their journey toward living blessed. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.